Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This program was previously broadcast live on Love Sport Radio. So some items may be out of date. For more podcasts or to listen live, visit lovesportradio.com. You are listening to the Spurs Fan Show on Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins, and I'm delighted to say joining me in the studio, the last word on Spurs, Ricky Sachs and Jason McGovern. We are here for the next two hours getting ready to discuss everything where Spurs are concerned. Obviously, that disappointing 2-2 draw in the Champions League last night, away in Greece to Olympiakos, flying out of the blocks, Spurs, you know, racing to a 2-0 lead. They just couldn't hold on. Reminiscent of that North London derby again when they was 2-0 up once again conceding on the stroke of half time so much to discuss where that game is concerned maybe before they might have took a point but afterwards always disappointing when you have that two goal cushion and obviously that brilliant win on the weekend 4-0 against Palace where we thought maybe for Spurs things had finally clicked after the international break the, the transfer window the European transfer window that was closed the manager can concentrate on the team so much to come in the next two hours and of course we will be turning our attentions to more positive stuff Leicester on the weekend hoping for another three points there continue the momentum in the Champions League it won't be all be it won't all be bad we do have to talk the Champions League though Ricky 2-2 Olympiacos where do we begin well you know what I've been labelled as tabloid reactionary on some clickbait clickbait with some people on Twitter for my reaction after the game and listen I tweet in the moment and at the full time whistle I was really really frustrated and you alluded to it there Arsenal two weeks ago 2-0 up you know close to half time we can see the goal so we've been in exactly the same position as what we were to that Olympiacos game. And, you know, this is where, for me, it comes down to game management. It comes down to players knowing their jobs. And I'm really, really frustrated that this group of players who have been together now, as we know, for the last five or six years, it's under the same coach, that they don't appear to be learning. And that's my biggest concern at the moment, that we was in the same position, I said, two weeks ago. You know, so we've been there, you know, we're talking days in comparison to the Arsenal game and we still can't see out the result and 
the defending as well, Chaz. I mean, you can still see I'm, I'm quite annoyed. And listen, I get it. Some people say it's still a point away, you know, a tough place to go. But for me, when you're 2-0 up, you have to close the game out. And it's just not good enough. It's not good enough. I said the word unacceptable. Maybe that was strong at the time of saying it, but I used that word because I think it is unacceptable when you've been in the same position a fortnight ago to not close a game out. Well, is it unacceptable? You can tweet us, by the way, at Lovesport Radio or call us on 0208 Joining with tonight's Spurs fan show. To be fair to you, Ricky, you know, you, you you always want Spurs to win every game if possible. Three points is always a must. And you're very honest when it doesn't go that way. But when you are in a position of a 2-0 lead, yes, maybe before you might have taken a point, but 2-0 up, you know, against any team, you should really be looking to shut the shop up. Poch said the team, he wasn't happy afterwards. The team didn't go out and execute the game plan that he had Jason what did you make about those comments and also the performance last night fed up overall you know I hear this tough place to go and intimidating atmosphere but if you're an elite team or a serious side now you should be able to cope with that serious players cope with tough places to go I mean I hear it you know pretty much every away game is just Burnley's described as a tough place to go and Southampton will be a tough place to go it's just for me I think oh, I've, I've heard that before and if you're a like I say if you're a serious side you go to tough places I mean Manchester City was a tough place to go wasn't it we got a result you know Ajax last year was a tough place to go we got a result Barcelona was a tough place to go we got a result Man City so and you know on the surface of it yeah a points points okay but I think we should be looking to go to Olympiacos to win. And when you're 2-0 up in Olympiacos, you definitely have to try and see that game out to win. So fed up with it. The, the comments afterwards, you know, I, I asked, didn't I, last, last week or so, I said to Chris, do you think there's players in there that are, have stopped believing? And perhaps there's, there's too much now going on behind the scenes where they I don't want to use that, that phrase about dressing rooms and things like that, but... There's worrying signs, put it that way. There's worrying signs that, that things are not right. Well, obviously, I'm very much outside the Spurs bubble, but I am trying to trying to keep up to date with it all and checking it out. I'm watching the games. I'm looking at results. And obviously, I'm across uh, social media reading it all. And, you know, Spurs got that fantastic win on the weekend. Crystal Palace 4-0 absolutely flew out of the box, mm. blocks. And me, myself, I thought, here we go. The international break's behind them. The real season starts now. We're still at early stages. They've, they've clicked. They're going to really push on from here. What a time as well Champions League kicking off this week you know most Spurs fans generally happy I think if you win 4-0 against a London rival you're going to be very happy the contrast to last night you know I know it's just happened it still stings people it's still fresh in people's mind reading all the comments Jason so many saying I think the manager has lost the dressing room I want to touch on that because you just mentioned it I thought this is ridiculous, but but I have to ask, has he lost the dressing room? Because to me, it, it seems like nonsense. I know we're quick to say things afterwards and blame certain things, but is there an element of that? I don't know if it's that he's lost the dressing room. I wouldn't, I wouldn't go that far, but there are certainly worrying signs and perhaps just too many of those players have been there too long and they've heard the same the same set of instructions, the same team talks, and, and it's just... It's gone stale, perhaps, for, for some of them. I mean, I just said to you, didn't I, where's Eric Dyer last mm. night? And, yep. You know, he's still nowhere near a game. And, you know, it, it's, it's, it's... I mean, we didn't spend any of the summer discussing players like Eric Dyer. It was all the the the, the, play, the contract rebels, if you like, the, the unhappy ones. But even with an Eric Dyer, you've got a player there that seemingly is just lost to the cause now. I mean, I, I don't know when we're ever going to see him play. And... And maybe there's just that 
that that real team spirit, that real belief that we're all going in the right. I just don't get the impression it's a united side at the moment. If you if you see, I mean, there's there's bits and pieces are fractured. Rick, has he lost that dressing room? You know, it, it, are they not united as players together? And it's very worrying if Jace, you know, you know, obviously we're all speculating here. Jace mm. just mentioned if they are maybe, it's the same instructions, the same tactics. Also worrying when you said the players that have been under the manager now, five, six years, it's worrying that they can't go out there and execute his game plan. Yeah, and listen, after the game, it's more of his comments, the fact that he said players took it easy, didn't respect the game plan. And obviously, when you hear those comments, it does make you wonder if everybody's pulling in the same direction but there will be some that say well hold on a second we did beat Crystal Palace 4-0 at the weekend so how much we know we, we're we not 100% in terms of what we definitely know what's going on behind the scenes you'd like to think that you know, on the back of that weekend win against Crystal Palace that everybody is pulling in the same direction it is disappointing when you're I say 2-0 up to draw a game 2-2 when you're in complete control of it that's the thing you know Chaz if we were in a position where we came back from 2-0 down and got a 2-2 you would say it's not a bad result away from home it's Europe get a point you know, at the end of the day, as we all know, if you win your home games in the Champions League group stages, you more than likely go through. So this is the most frustrating thing that on the surface, when you don't actually look into the game itself, a point is not a disastrous result. It's the manner of the performance and how, I said, the team let a controlling lead slip. That is the ultimate frustration. I don't think you can keep doing that, you know, especially in the Premier League. It's the most unforgiving league in the world. And if we do that against teams in the Premier League, you know, we're not going to get the opportunity really to really try and push on as a football club. And that's what we all want. Well, I think that's 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 another part of it that, you know, if, if you take, I know City and Liverpool are entirely different scenarios to us, but when a size 2-0 down to, to those teams, I think, we're just, it's damage limitation, isn't it? When you're 2-0 down to them. But now you've done it twice in the space of three games. If we're 2-0 up to Leicester, you can imagine Brendan Rodgers saying, get that next one, and we are right back in it. And and that you sense that, your own self, the supporters sense that, they get edgy at set pieces. The other team think, we just need that bit of momentum, and we're right back in the game. And it, it has the psychological effect in games much further down the line. Well, I think this is where the frustration stems from, especially for Spurs fans, because, you know, it's because the same result has occurred twice in the last mm. three games, as Jay said there. And not only that, it was the goal. On the, on the stroke of half time again it's like we're not learning our lessons here that's right you're like alright 2-2 two, two, it can happen and your lightning can strike twice but where are we in the last minute of the first half you know it's ju- it just straight away I thought this is going to repeat itself here mm. we've just done this why is oh, why aren't the lessons being learned here Rick? It's very difficult for me to say Chess because you know Pochettino for me I, I adore the man I still think he's the right man for the job but it does concern me you know with the things that are going on behind the scenes and I know we sat sat here and said the last couple of weeks, you know, we're going to try and put that to one side now, focus on the team. But if I just draw you to Harry Kane's comments after the game, he says, we're not young anymore. We're not inexperienced. We've played in big games. I can see why the manager is frustrated. He's been here six years and we're making similar mistakes to the first year. Now, that is really worrying to hear. I mean, I love Kane's honesty, don't get me wrong. And I've got to be honest with you, for me, Harry Kane, he needs to be the captain of this football club. And that's nothing disrespectful to Hugo Lloris but when I hear Harry speak and he's so honest in his assessment to hear him come out and be as honest as that and just the way he leads the club on the field you know his record in the Champions League is just phenomenal his, his goal scoring accolades there I think Kane should be the man who should be the captain of this football club because he actually speaks what I believe to be the truth you can't allow a result like that or a game like that to slip away in the way we we did yeah but if Harry Kane's captain doesn't mean that result is any different it's, it's very it's difficult Rick, says, to change captaincy uh, mid-season no, and how do you yeah, tell a world yeah. cup winner no, no, we're yeah. going to move the- I wouldn't be saying to change it right now but I'm saying 
after this season or, or definitely in the future, I think Harry should be the captain of this football club. I, I honestly believe that. You know, the way the man speaks, the way he, he holds himself as a role model, you know, I think Harry is just waiting to be the captain of this football club. Let's have a disrespectful to Hugo Lloris because a lot of players love him there. There's nothing mm. against that, but I think, you know, World some Cup of the com- World Cup winner, some of the comments coming out are just concerning because, again, in the end, we get away with a point, but we could have gone home with all three, and you should do when you're 2 0 up. Well, that's what I was going to ask because obviously, when you get a result like this, you know, it almost speaks like we're saying that Spurs are lost. They didn't. It, we are talking like that. It takes a few days to rationalise things, but obviously, because it was two-two and the way you came back, is that really what's the the kick in the you know the downstairs at the minute? Because let's be honest. You might have taken a point. Last year, Spurs got to the European Cup final, started very slow in the Champions League. You do win those home games this this time round. You you know, you pick up more points away from home. You top the group, you come second, you go through. No one's going to be talking in December, January. What about that 2-2 with Olympiacos, you know? Are we are we getting ahead of ourselves, Jace, here? Or are there actual worse problems at stake? No, the result, it's not so much the result for me. It was the, the overall performance. I mean... We go 2-0 up, but let's be fair, it flattered us to be 2-0 up because I think we scored with our only two what, shots. They were only two it shots. It was against the run of play. Stage. It was against the run of play. We looked like we could... I mean, they'd all, I think they'd already hit the post, hadn't they? Or did they yeah, they did hit the post, yeah. Was it? Yep. You know, they got through us a few times. It was the, the, the bloke had that volley from inside the six-yard box, totally unmarked over the bar. Things like that were going on. I think we started the game in the first five minutes and Dombele gave two atrocious balls away and he looks woefully short of fitness without the ball. I mean, it's just tra- it's like he's running through concrete. I it's- do think he's trying to adapt to the league, doesn't he? I mean, well, not to adapt to the Premier League, but also adapt to Spurs' yeah, style of play. Yeah, without a doubt. And, but he's, he's nowhere near the... Don't get me wrong, I think he will become the beast that we all want, but he's nowhere near the beast at the moment. But that balance doesn't look right. We've, we've Sanchez again at right back. You think nothing's quite... And Christian Eriksen's display was, was one of the most pitiful I've seen for in a European game for Tottenham. It was appalling. Well, this is a big question, Ericsson, because that window has closed. We was we asked on this show, will he get back to those great performances for Spurs? What will he do this year? I just want to quickly ask, because we are talking lots about Olympiacos and last night's game, but Jace, Ricky used the word unacceptable. You said for you last night, it wasn't the, res- uh, it wasn't the result, it was the, perf- the performance. Would you say it was unacceptable as well? I think unacceptable is it? I can understand him, what he means by the word yeah. unacceptable. So it, it just wasn't good. Maybe I'll say wasn't good enough, that's for sure. Nowhere near good enough. But, mm. but um, I use you know, the like term say, unacceptable was, was just that, in the reference, Jace. Have you agree? It's just. No, I completely same, agree with you, by the way. It's more the case of being just... in the same position two weeks ago mm. and not mm. seeing the, the game out and. Where's the game plan? Where's the game management? That's what I'm questioning here. Where is the game management where Maurizio gets his players at half-time and says, look, we were in the same position two weeks ago. Do not let it happen again. And I think it all stems back also to the starting lineup. When you see Davidson Sanchez at right-back, I love Maurizio, but I think he's a very stubborn man at times. And I think he put Sanchez there to try and prove a point to say, look, he can play right-back. And I think... It's not the time to do it, especially when a team is just getting into their momentum. They're just going to beat Crystal Palace 4-0. Go and win the next game. Let's try and get a run going here. I mean, could you understand that, Jason Sanchez at right-back again? No, it was such a poor Peters decision against Arsenal. Bench, but if he doesn't believe in Walker-Peters, I, I, I don't quite know why Aurier needs a rest because he's played, what, one game since February. So you know, it's a bit like Ozil, isn't it? Needs a rest after 71 minutes or something. But, you know, I, I don't know how his fitness was after that game and they obviously want him... I suppose with the game being Saturday lunchtime and it being an away game on a Wednesday night, perhaps there was bits of thinking in that. But no, I mean, it was a, it's a strange decision. 
Well, we are talking everything about the Spurs 2-2 draw with Olympiacos in Greece last night. You can get involved. What did you make of last night's performance? 0208 70 When we come back, we're going to be looking at the positives from the game and Tottenham's goals. For the fans, by the fans, Love Sport Radio. You're listening to the Spurs Fan Show on Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins. I'm joined in the studio with the last word on Spurs, Ricky Sachs and Jason McGovern. Of course, we were talking all about that result last night. Jace just said it there. It was inexcusable. I think that's the word we're going with, that 2-2. Anytime, any football team, no matter what division, no matter what competition, when you turn it up, you should really be seeing the game out. Always very frustrating to concede on the stroke of half-time. Let's talk about a few positives then, because I know you've both mentioned on this show, Ben, Davis obviously played a big part in that second goal. Winning the ball, I thought that was brilliant. The the assist to Mora and Mora doesn't he just love the Champions League? What an absolute finish for Mora! Yeah, he's a. T- I think Lucas Mora is a top top player. I think he does very well in European competition. Um, pace, his finishing ability is also up there with the best. You know, we've seen that, and I think his goal at the week, his goal last night, just shows the quality he's got in, in in his ability to finish. And it will be interesting to see, you know, if he does start against Leicester at the weekend. The thing with Moore has been interesting is that, you know, we reward him with a start. <laughs> he doesn't always deliver. So a lot of people say he's a great impact sub, but I just wondered. I think this season's a season when he does become a real top top player, I and mean, he's got all the attributes to do so. And as I said already, he's finishing. It's just phenomenal. Jase, what, what did you make of the goal? And Stunning goal, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it I was. Mean, watching it, obviously watching it on TV, but at first I thought it had gone past the post. It was just, and then I suddenly realised, no, it has gone in. So it was it was a stunning, stunning hit. Brilliant bit of play from from Ben Davis to lead up to it where he stole the ball. And, and that's the frustration. That's one of the few moments in the game where we actually showed that intensity and aggressivity that Pochettino talks about of, Go in, anticipate something, and win the ball, and we get a goal from it. It's 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 like why don't we do that for the other eighty eight minutes? Mm. But but stunning goal. But my, I mean, I, I love Mora's impact on the side, and I, I think he's better than just as a super sub. Yeah, yeah. But my one worry with with him now, it's like eighteen months of Lucas Mora. There's still no doesn't seem to be a natural connection between him and any of the other players, the way that you see Kane and Delhi or yep. Son and Kane or Kane and Son together. And those those connections between the players, that little one-twos that you can play and that understanding of the other, you still don't get that feeling with Lucas Moore. There's any link-up play with anyone else and the goals that he scores tend to be either showing his pace on the break or they're quite individual goals. There's no... There's no getting on the end of a team move and, and a tap in from two yards with him. And that's that's small. I think the only time I've seen that was the Barcelona goal last year where Kane squared it to him. But other than that, it's still a frustration that so much of the game he ends up down a blind alley because there's not a not that connection with him and others. I mean, the, the thing with Moore is his, his record at the moment is just, I think it's up there, isn't it? And he scored six goals for Tottenham Hotspur in the Champions League, all the way from home, three against Ajax, PSV, Barcelona, Olympiacos. So the great thing is players can sometimes struggle to deliver when you're away in European competition, but he clearly doesn't really have a problem with it. So I still think you know he's a, he's a top, top player, and I think we're going to see the best of him this season as Spurs shirt. And I, I understand what Jason says in terms of connections, but his individual quality at times makes up for it because we saw that IS game he turned it on its head mm. single-handedly well as you say it's not just the six there it's two at Old Trafford one yeah, at yeah. Manchester City one at Anfield yeah. I mean they're, they're big, big goals goal. he scores away from home and he's, he's don't get, I'm not 
and it's not that I'm anti Lucas Moura because I, I, I love what he does when he's there, but it's just that that balance of the side, as we're saying. Would you leave Lucas Moura out for Leicester? Probably not because you feel he deserves to to yep. get the chance. Does Sonny deserve it? Yes, he does after two with Palace. And yet I look at it and think Son Kane Mora doesn't seem to work. So one of those to me has to miss out at any stage because the three don't seem to work properly. Mm. And Sonny's got a good record against Leicester. Sonny's well. got a great record there and Kane's yeah. got a great record. Yeah, there. It's, it's tough. Tough up top. You have a wealth of options. You know, always an argument you don't mind having rather than who should we, who should we play? You know, who's the, the lesser the evil, shall we say? Let's talk about Deli Ali then because. He was just unbelievable, you know what I mean? He's come back in the side, he's missed a start with injuries. And I want to say this, I actually believe his goal was onside last night. Do you agree? Shall, shall I tell you why, firstly, why I think this? Cool. My producer's absolutely pulled a face and he's shaking his head. And I will explain why I think this goal was onside. And this is maybe where uh, Pete, I'm going to get pelters now, or I don't obviously clearly understand the offside rule. When the ball is played, he's body my producer just turned the aircon off so he can eat this properly when the ball is played his body he's leaning is obviously onside but his feet which he's going to use obviously to score that goal are onside his feet are onside that's the part of the body he's using to play football with so where do we draw it yes he's leaning forward but that's not giving him the advantage his feet are what's going to do the damage his feet are level in line with the Olympiacos defender so where do we draw the line for offsides it's his feet that are going to play he scored the goal for me it's a goal I'm already people shouting in my ear for me it stands apparently my producer's saying any part of the uh, your body cannot be in front well I'm saying his feet are on line so it's a goal for me it's marginal <laughs> isn't it I mean Delhi giving it offside mate <laughs> I, Sorry, I, I gave it offside. No, no problem with it being offside at all. Who would have thought Spurs fans? I'm saying it was onside. <laughs> I, do you know why? Because I don't know why. Maybe when I looked at the onside, when I'm watching it, obviously you're watching it live, and the first thing I've looked down at when the ball's being played, I thought, well, he's, well, his foot's behind the, the Olympiacos, surely. And then I saw, you know, obviously his shoulders in front. But for me, I, that's a strange one. Now I think that rule should be looked into. Fever, I'm here for a chat if they want to. Rick, what do you <laughs> I, think? I, I tell you, I'd agree with you. The rule should be looked at, but that is the rule. No, I know. Right, so let me change the question. Jason, do you think that rule man maybe should be changed because his feet were, were dead in yeah, line, weren't they? I think it should be your feet and, and that's it. But you, the way the rules are at the moment, you can't argue it. Yeah. If, if any part of your body can score with his offside and his head's you know, a foot in front of everybody else, then he's clearly offside. Mm. Well, Delhi, I'll give you the goal, mate, free too. Joe, <laughs> <laughs> you know it's interesting because with Delhi, I think there's been... We're going to talk about Ericsson shortly, but just to start on Delhi, maybe to discuss his overall contribution this season. I know some out there haven't felt he's done enough. I think with Ali, we have to remember that he, I don't think he's playing to 100% fitness at the moment. And I think he's still a top, top player. I know he didn't have a great season last season, but Ali is one of those players that has got the ability to win you a game single-handedly. And many will say to me, I've had it on Twitter, oh, why don't you dig out Ali the same way you dug out Ericsson? And... Okay, maybe that's a fair point, but I still think with Ali, he's not 100% fit yet. I mean, I don't know what you think, Jace, about Deli Ali. It was his first game back, wasn't it? First, well, yeah. First start back. He's been out for six weeks or something. So I think that, you know, going into... He didn't have a great year last year, but I think that, you know, from, like I said, from Fulham onwards, which was what the end of January, wasn't mm. it? Yeah. When he picked up that, was it a hamstring strain at Fulham? Then he missed four or five weeks. Then he came back and with injuries elsewhere to the team, he played a lot deeper. So you, you haven't really seen him in that, that role alongside Kane and last night's his first game back but I can understand there's there's a few looks at Deli Alley at the moment and I think it is a big year for him but what I did like last night was the fact that he did score an offside all right it was offside but 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 was for it? me that's where I want to see Deli Alley playing for Tottenham not 
Mm. Not on the halfway line. Yeah. And I thought there were signs last night. He had the, the other chance was the shot. Okay, he could square it to Kane. But that overall sign, that's the Deli Alley in the positions that I want to see him getting in. I think we have to remember also last season, I think he was playing a much more withdrawn role. Oh, and was. therefore, you know, he wasn't in that... He's not suited to that. No, he's not suited no, to that. And he wasn't in that attacking all. third, which would allow him and enable him to get in the box to score goals. Is that because Spurs have too many options in those attacking areas? Because, you know, I, well, I keep saying it on this show, someone has to miss out. And you are in yep. a position where it's very difficult to leave one of them out. Jace just mentioned it there, you know, should Mora start against Leicester on the weekend? These type of players have to keep missing out. It's a good problem to have, but ultimately mm. it is a problem. It is, but I think with Ali, for me, when he's fully fit, he's one of the first names on the team sheet. I mean, he's understanding with Harry Kane, Hummin Son. I don't think you can, in this team at the moment, I don't think we can afford to allow a player of Deli Ali's quality when he is fully fit to not be playing, Jace, can we? No, I, I think, you know, part of it last year, like I say, we had the, we had the run with Sol Dembele, hadn't we? Winks ended up being injured. When Yama Sissoko well. was out for three or four weeks. When Yama just give up on Wanyama <laughs> you know so we, the central midfield options last year were it and Dombele obviously hadn't been signed so there was there was I think it was a need that put him in there look well he he can do a role there whilst you had Mora to integrate you had Son and Kane was injured at times wasn't he I, th- I think it was the, the combination of shortage of options and injuries all around the team put him in that position but I don't think he ever really looked fit when he came back well let's talk about uh, the two penalty incidents in the games uh, both sides got a penalty what what did you make of both penalty let's start with Kane was it a penalty and how good is he finishing well sure if that's not a penalty then we might all go <laughs> home to be honest, Chaz. I couldn't believe you know I, I he started again today the whispers what, was it a penalty you watched that back he's, he's apparently chopped him in half that was an old penalty I don't know if he chopped oh, him in half chopped, it was a okay. very stupid maybe him leaving him the off, leg I think he's it definitely was a, left the leg out there and he caught Kane he it's a penalty that, all day yeah. long it's not even I, debatable is it this one do you know where I think it's debatable I don't think it is debatable but why are people are turning it, it into a debate I think it's because he's left the leg and the way Kane goes down rightly so it's, it's a foul you know what I mean there's contact I think where from maybe an outside perspective, he just makes that little bit more than it is. You know, he gets up and I think it riles people up the wrong way. So they go, it's not a penalty. But like we just spoke about offside, the letter of the law, there's contact, it's a foul, it's a penalty. I think maybe that's from an outside perspective. Jace, what's your, your, your view on the penalties? Well, it was a penalty for me. As you said, you, you saw the bloke missing first time and, and hook his leg round him. So yeah. for me, it's a penalty. The, the people that will argue that Kane's a diving again, will be the same ones that say theirs is a nailed-on penalty. And you think, oh, they bloke through himself And also there's a tapping the merchant. Way, didn't he? It's and, you know, he only, you know, he only scores penalties. These will be the same fans that will be saying that. But I think Kane's record in Europe is just phenomenal. You know, he scored 15 goals in just 20 appearances. Only two players have reached that tally in less matches than him. And that's only Ruud van Nistelrooy and our ex-Spurs forward, Roberto Saldado. So, I <laughs> there mean, you go. Kane's record's brilliant. What did you make on the penalty you conceded, though? Because once again, you know, we're, we're talking how disappointing it is. We're, you're trying to game manage, you give away a penalty. How disappointing was that? Uh, Jace, you go first on this one. What do you make of that penalty incident? Ridiculous, the incident to get ourselves into. Silly ball into Ericsson. Ericsson gets caught on the ball dallying, which he was doing all night. Yeah, and Vertonga wasn't switched on all night. You know, and we gave Pochettino, or lots of people criticised Pochettino for leaving Jan Vertonghen out. Why are we leaving the best defender out? Perhaps last night, and even actually his display at Arsenal wasn't great, the way Albama Young got behind him for the goal. Perhaps we're seeing why he was left out of the team. Mm, and why I say you back the manager. Mm. 
Well, obviously, because, you know, we was quick to say, oh, it's it's this, it's that, there's something going on behind the scenes. But, you know, trusted the manager. Maybe it's because he's not at that level or his fitness isn't certainly at the level to start the season. He's not put in the, the most solid Concentration, I think so it's far. not fitness, it's concentration. Mm-hmm. And and the whole game last well, it's mental night, fitness, was, isn't it? Yeah, it's mental fitness. It's being, being alert. But see, I mean, I think Pochettino said it, it's anticipating, it's reading the danger before it comes. And we're, we're so guilty at the moment of, of not seeing things happening. Well, we are going to be talking all about it. We've had some WhatsApps into the studio and you can call or WhatsApp as well. 0208 70 258. The fallout from Olympiacos will continue next. Giving your team a voice. Love Sport Radio. You are listening to the Spurs Fan Show on Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins. I'm joined in the studio with a very unhappy last word on Spurs, Ricky Sachs and Jason McGovern. I'm delighted to say someone has called into the studio, David from Bromley. David, thank you so much for calling into the studio tonight to talk to the Spurs boys. Now, I know you feel like the poor performances stem from the manager's comments about leaving if Spurs won the Champions League last year. You feel they may be struggling to play for him after those comments, David? Is that what you're thinking? This bad run is is under. Yeah, I I, I do. I, uh, hi guys. Um, so there, basically, Dave. yeah, I, I just feel that the players they're they're uncertain. If the manager's not going to stay, why give everything? Why give hundred uh, percent? Probably why Ericsson and and the likes don't want to sign new contracts as well. Not giving hundred percent. Not really concentrated. I, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. I just think that the, the performances have been very subpar. And it's been going on for a while, actually. But I just feel, and the squad needs an overhaul as well. I just feel maybe a different manager would bring in. Uh, he's been brilliant for us, Pochettino. But I think he's taken us as far as he can. And I think, I think, it is, yeah, I, I just feel that Levy needs to put a bit more into the squad. I mean, we've made record profits the last few years and I don't feel that we've spent the money we have Dave I've got to be honest with you I think we've got to be very careful what we wish for in terms of the manager I think we've got to say number one because we don't know you know if Maurizio left tomorrow I, I couldn't give you a list or I could give you too many managers that I could say to you that will definitely come in and do a better job given the restraints that he's been under in terms of transfer budget I just I wouldn't be able to give you that right now. I still think at the moment he's the right man for the job. I don't doubt what you're saying in terms of players. Maybe are they playing for him? Certain players. I think it's back to Jason's comments. You know, there was clearly Pochettino's requirement to try and move some of the players on, which unfortunately Spurs didn't do in the summer. You know, the likes of Victor Wanyama, Christian Eriksen, Danny Rose, Toby Alderweireld. We didn't move these players on. I just wonder, is that having a massive impact? Because as we know, Maurizio's training regime, it is very intense. You know, you've got players there that, you know, they have to buy into his philosophy. And what we did see last season is in the build-up to that Champions League run, it looked like a very, very happy camp. And maybe we was distracted by, you know, the results going off the pitch. Our form definitely obviously deteriorated, as we all know, in, in the domestic league. But... I just do wonder, as Jason, you've already alluded to, Jason, how many players there are really committed to what he's still trying to do. Yeah, that's my concern. It's it's been there really since. I know people say that his, his Champions League comments and was it the right thing to say? You know, I might have left the club. I can understand what he was getting at, but the fact is, he is still there. He, he's wanting to rebuild a Tottenham. He he's, he talks 
you know, he talks about talk, the, the aggressivity of the club and that, but I, I fear that, that there's just players now that aren't buying into it, that they're just unsettled themselves or just not happy in themselves. Talk about, play, you know, Hugo's comments in the week being a bit shocked so many people wanted to leave, you know. I, worry, I, I don't know if there's players there that we don't know yet that have, have talked about leaving, like an Eric Dyer, for instance. You know, there's, there's too much uncertainty with the squad and I, I think at some stage you've got to look at those players and I think last night he really came out, didn't he? His comments afterwards, the way he said, didn't adhere to the game plan, not doing what they're told and I think you're getting him now, starting to hang them out to dry and some of them deserve it. Can I ask you, Dave, do you think that Palace result papered the cracks then? Was papering over the cracks? I mean, if you look at it, Ericsson still didn't have a good game then. Um, and Son, as brilliant as he is, I think he's genuinely, he's really happy at Tottenham. And he's, uh, he, you know, we've got probably got about three three or four starters there that probably, they, they are playing, still playing for the manager. I, I just, the rest of them, I can't see it. I, you know, I, I, look at, I look at what Atletico Madrid have just done. I think they were in a similar situation to what we're in now, uh, a few years ago, where they, they, their squad had gone a bit stale, uh, maybe you know they they they, did, they weren't listening to Diego Simeone, and for example, they've got Barcelona and Real Madrid to compete with, which is very hard because uh, they spend a bit of money, um, big money, and we've got Man City and Liverpool who are spending big money, and they just had a massive uh, overhaul in the summer, and they've spent big money, really big money. Um, and we're probably in the same situation as they were in. And I don't think Daniel Levy... I don't think Daniel Levy's back uh, Pochettino. I mean, he's just been one right back uh, in a... I think we might have lost David there, unfortunately. But the the caller, well, the line is going off. You can call on 0208 70 25 We have another caller. Andy is on the line. You want to talk about the keeper, Hugo Lloris, Andy? What do you want to talk about uh, involving yeah. Hugo Lloris? Yeah, evening, chaps. Hello, Andy. You've, uh, you've already spoken about. Um, no, I'm, I just want to talk about um, Lloris's recent comments. I, I don't know what, what you guys think, but I, I'm starting to get really fed up with him. A lot of, a lot of the negativity that seems to be coming from his direction. I don't think he's any good. Someone that's meant to be the club captain representing us on a, on a global stage. I'm, I'm not really into it, if I'm being honest. And I'm not just digging Maurice out. There's quite a few of them. It's starting to, to seem to me that we had like a, a lovely little group three or four years ago. They were all buying into the project. And now it just seems one by one, they're all either getting fed up with it or... I'm not sure whether there's one bad apple and it's obviously just affecting the rest of them, but even the likes of Ericsson, I understand he clearly wanted to go. He made it quite clear, but I I don't honestly believe he's putting everything into the performances. Vertonghen, I know it's one or two games, but you don't become a bad player overnight. For me, he's a shadow of the player that he has been in the last couple of years. And also, with that, I don't buy the fact that a lot of people said, oh, he's 32, he's 33 now. You don't just switch off from being a, a top-class centre-back, one of the best in the Premier League. To for me nowadays, I don't know. He looks he looks quite lethargic. He looks like he could be got at. And I don't know. I, I just heard the the back end of the call about the, the chat mentioning Atletico Madrid, and I, I think we need that because a lot of the players we've got now, you've got the likes of Lucas, Kane, Sonny. You can tell it, it means a lot to them. They buy into it. 
And for me, I think we need more players like that. Even people like Ryan Mason, like probably wasn't one of our best players in history, but don't get me wrong, he loved the shirt. He did everything for the badge, and I, I really think we're lacking that at the minute. No, well, like like I just said five or ten minutes ago with with uh, Jan Vertonga, we you know he was left out at the start of the season, and and it, to a hundred percent of fans are saying, what's Pochettino doing leaving him out? And perhaps, as I said, perhaps you're now seeing why he was left out. It's like I, I, I'm like you. I don't like some of the signs I'm seeing. You know, Pochettino himself in that press conference that you know the players all sat down and refocused. That may be a, a, a normal team meeting that they have. At, the same stage every season but the fact that Pochettino made a big thing of it and you think okay they refocused and it lasted what three days one game they got their focus right and then last night that that was a performance that that totally lacked it I think Harry Winks has replaced Ryan Mason with that attitude and Harry Winks was the one player I thought you know stood out for us last night he definitely loves the shirt but but uh, they're a worrying sign. Like I say, I don't want to go as far as to say he's lost the dressing room, but I think there's. It just doesn't look a united side at the moment. That that group, and we're we're losing we're losing that feeling off the pitch that we had two years ago when everyone seemed to be all in the right direction. It, it's we're, we're so fractured at the moment. It looks to me both on and off the pitch. We are so fractured. Andy, thank you for, for calling into the studio. You can always call in. Call us on 0208 70 20 558. I just want to ask you there, Jace, because you mentioned that it doesn't feel like a United dressing room at the minute. People are saying the managers lost the dressing room. You know, the manager himself said the, the side didn't go out and perform uh, the game plan that he had prepared for them. So maybe this is extreme, but... If that is true, are the players at all undermining the manager? Because if they're not going out and doing what he's asking of them, where's that breakdown in communication? Could there be a case of they're undermining him or is that going a little too far? I'd go that. What you don't know is how many times it happens at any club. You know, that's why I've always said to you, isn't it? I refuse to get drawn into the tactical battle because you don't know anyone. I mean... You know, you could be watching a game tonight and, and the, the manager of one side has set out a game plan and the players don't do it. But, you know, that happens in football. You, mm. you don't always play. And that's why I've always always said to you, haven't I, if you don't know what the, the, the actual tactics are at the start, it's difficult to say they're wrong and the other team adjusts to tactics and things. So, But certainly if the... His, his, we all know his principles are be aggressive, go and press the ball, be proactive things like that and we've now not seen that type of football since Christmas what on 15 16 17 occasions we've looked really passive slow the I mean the the passing even when it's along the back four and such it it barely reaches the other player you kind of feel like you've got to wait for the balls it's not zipping passing or anything going on and it's it's so anti what Pochettino stands for I think also Maurizio he always tries to protect the players and I think he's always within his reign tried to do that to some degree and it's just more of the comments that he seems to be now a lot more honest you know you would never hear him a couple of years ago come out and say didn't respect the game plan, took it easy. It's just not the comments that Maurizio would normally talk about the squad. And as I said, for me, you know, he's the best I've ever known at Tottenham. You know, I've been a, I'm nearly 30. Um, I've been a supporter and I've enjoyed watching this team go under him so much. And I think it's back to what some of the callers have said, that maybe parts of the squad are going stale and it is up to him to do the rebuild. And as we always said, it wasn't going to be done over one window and it is maybe a case that we just have to hope that we get into January still in a position where we're up towards the top of the league and that we can still compete 
Rick, you said, you know, all the years of Sporting Spurs and under this manager's reign, you've never heard the manager say the players didn't perform the game plan. And all of a sudden, it's worrying that he's coming out and saying these things. Now, is he saying that because, A, this is the only time in his reign that the players aren't uh, going ahead with his instructions? Or, B, is he trying to send a message to maybe someone else that he's not happy to the owners, that he hasn't been backed? Where do you think it falls? Is it A or B, or is it a little bit of both? And I know that is a, is a difficult question. Yeah. I think it's a little bit of both. I mean, if we go back to their equaliser, it's just more of how casual he was. You know, to concede the goal we did, you look at Ericsson, far too casual on the ball and, and on the night if I'm being honest in general and then Vertonghen steaming in with his challenge you know to give that penalty away for a side that are 2-1 up looking to defend the lead you know that should be in command of a situation where two years ago as I keep mentioning I can't help it but mention it that you're in the same predicament the same boat don't dive in think we ahead you know Harry Kane has come out and said as I've said at the start of the show we're not young anymore this is a team that have been to Ajax and got results that have played at some of the toughest venues as a group altogether it's not a whole new squad we're talking about the same group that have been to tough places got results it should be better than this they should have the ability now the game how you know the knowledge you know just just the knowledge to go and be able to perform well, the Olympiacos fallout does continue on Love Sport Radio with Last Word on Spurs. And you can have your say. Tweet us at Love Sport Radio or call us on 0208 70 25 Next, we will be talking about Ericsson's performance. Love Sport. You are listening to the Spurs Fan Show on Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins. I'm joined in the studio with the last word on Spurs. They're not having the last word yet because there is still an hour and ten minutes to go with Ricky Sachs and Jason McGovern. And you, as always, can get in touch tonight, 0208 70 258 or tweet us at Love Sport Radio. We have got another caller. Adrian has called in. Adrian's corner, always a tradition on this show. Adrian, obviously, what do you make of last night's game to Olympia? and you're almost saying that maybe players should be rotated? Well, my, my old point was, I mean, I, before the game, I would have took a point, but from two goals up, I was disappointed. It felt like we lost two. I thought Winks and Mora were our best players. But And even though uh, Ben Davis had a hand in the goal, I mean, I question the rotation of Ben Davis, Deli Alley and Ndumbelli in an away game, to throw three players in an away game. They were match fit. I disagree with Ricky with saying they're not match fit. What they weren't, they haven't enough game time. They, they didn't have match sharpness. That's what they lacked. And the biggest problem, the hole that you lot have mentioned before, is the fact that we've, we haven't solved the midfield pairing until Ndembele gets up to speed, like we had when we had Dembele there. And that, and that is what's cost us in a lot of games. You know, and, it's, and it's very noticeable that in the midfield defensive area, everyone keeps talking about getting a new defensive midfield player in, you know. Whether Dyer comes back in some role or Ndombele gets, his, you know, gets bedded into the team, this is what we need, you know. This is why we're, we're having these problems at the moment. We've got the players. I believe we've got the players. I just wonder what your questions are on rotation. And, of course, playing Sanchez at right back is also an issue. Hi, Adrian. Thanks for your call. Listen, back to your point... I do agree to some degree. Maybe I didn't mention the right word. Match fitness, match sharpness. I was I was long and along the same lines of that. I mean, it was a big decision, I think, to leave Sir Jury at home because he had such a good game at the weekend. Why not go and follow it up and get some momentum? You know, he hasn't played for such a long time. There was the opportunity there to go and build on that. And especially in an away match where, I don't know if people are saying it's hostile, but 
I, I think you should try and keep the elements of the team together. But he was adamant, Maurizio, in saying that he would look to rotate the team. Obviously, we have got a busy schedule. Um, it's down to him, isn't it? I mean, I suppose he knows the players' fitness levels better than what we do. So I suppose we, we have to trust him. But I have to agree with what you're saying. You know, Sanchez at right back. Um, I know we spoke about it briefly at the start, but I think this comes down to, as I said earlier, Maurizio's stubbornness. You know, I think he wanted to prove a point at Arsenal that he can play there. He didn't play that well. He felt he could get away with it against Olympiacos, and the truth is that he can't. You know, Sanchez is not a right back. He's a central defender and that is his position and you can't change some players you know we know Maurizio loves to be creative and one for if you know Jamie thinks he's going to be you know a great right back for the football club he's played there for Argentina I think it's a very big risk to just you know lump all your hopes on someone going to come back from injury and just perform a right back and I just wonder what Carl Walker Peters is sitting there thinking you know that's a recognised fullback that's on the bench and he's not playing for someone that's actually a general centre back what do you make of that? Yeah, I, I, I think he could have done that, like brought Oren or Walker Peters if they're fit, or, or this is Olympiacos. Look, they're about quality of a second division side. We should wipe the floor with them, right? He could have gone with wing backs and played Sissoko there. What do you think? I, I wouldn't have played Sissoko there. I would have played Walker. But let's let's be fair about it. If he he threw Walker Peters in at Barcelona away. Last year, and okay, Walker Peters made a dreadful mistake, but he had the confidence to throw him in at, at Barcelona last year. That's a tough place to go. That's an intimidating place for a young kid on his own. So, you know, for me, I would have played Walker Peters. But on the rotation thing, I think just all clubs tend to rotate. If 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 we're saying Deli Ali and and Dombele lack a little bit of of match sharpness, well, I don't know how they're going to get their match sharpness if they don't play. And and that's that's the problem we've got because if if and it, okay you say don't throw him in an away game it's Olympiacos away Saturday's Leicester away the following week's Colchester away so there's three away games and then suddenly you're having players who haven't played for six weeks and now haven't played for eight weeks and it, and eventually and those players are training all week and they they want to feel part of the squad they want to feel that they can contribute and you've got to give them opportunities as well so. I think rotation's one of those that, that some fans will agree with. Some fans find it, don't change a winning team. I, I can see both sides of it. But but at, at some stage, I mean, Deli Alley is, is a big player for Tottenham and we've we've got to get him fit. And Ndombele has definitely got to get himself fit. Yeah, I mean, I would have played Lamella from the beginning, though, because he, he, gives, it, he gives it everything in away matches. It may be that he's got Lamella in mind for Saturday, where we'll need it at Leicester. Because I tell you what, if we're not at it at Leicester, we're in big trouble. Well, we will be previewing that game with Leicester in the second hour. Matt Piper, ex-Leicester, will be coming on to talk about that. Adrian, thank you so much for calling. Always a pleasure on Adrian's Corner. Let's quickly talk then a little bit about Ericsson, because so much was made in this European transfer window. The manager called it his most painful time at Spurs. Really wanted him to stay. It's been hanging over like sort of a bad cloud, you know, over the club. The window has closed. Sort of the performance is not up to scratch just yet, but there's this argument: should he be playing to his top because obviously he wants clubs to come in and you know still try to sign him? Should Spurs be starting him? That's another argument. But last night, very disappointing, wasn't it, Rick? Yeah, listen, I think I went quite hard on Christian Eriksen on Twitter, and again, it's in the moment. You've got to you know, be careful. I know, I have. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's in the moment you tweet, and the thing with Eriksen is that I'm going to be honest: it just wasn't good enough. It was not good enough, and I suppose it doesn't really help that you know a player wants away. He's already publicly said he doesn't want to be at the football club but all you ask is whilst he is here he gives a hundred percent commitment and effort and what I will kind of allude it to is look at Harry Winks Harry Winks for me you know 
he works so hard during the game always look for a forward pass you know he's one of those players that I think a guy said earlier about Ryan Mason Harry Winks is that kind of player Jason mentioned it as well he does you can see every game he goes out there he gives it his absolute maximum and I know Ericsson plays with this kind of casual way and similar to Dimitar Berbatov when he's at the club you know Ericsson's work he does a lot of it off the ball but I don't know I feel like he could give more. I, I, maybe I'm looking at the situation because I know as a player that wants to wants to get away from the football club. I don't want you to make a bit jealous. I just thought the performance itself, it just wasn't anywhere near the level it should be. Well, I said last week, I think you'll get... I don't think the fact that he's there keeps a committed player. I think you'll get a lot more disappointing displays from him as, as the closer to the, the end of that contract he comes. I think last night was a, a really strange one. I mean, it, it, it wasn't so much not committed. He just didn't look anything like a... He looked almost a pub player at times. It was it was embarrassing. I mean, there was there was a bit where he broke in the first half through the middle and he had Kane right more or left and he dallied so long with the ball mm. that he ended up not releasing it. That's very unlike Christian Eriksen. That's not down to commitment because he'd made the run yeah. to put himself in that position. And then there was, a, there was a bit very late in the game, almost 90 minutes or whatever, when... There was a, a through ball that he'd usually squeeze through on the threat, and he just kind of hoofed it downfield. And I thought that doesn't look like Christian Eriksen. That looks like that looks like Ryan Mason in midfield. If you see what I mean, it was just real lacks of quality from him. His decision making last night, just his first touch in general, he just he just didn't look with it the whole night. It wasn't a typical Christian Eriksen performance. We need to get to the bottom of that. Why is that? But obviously a bright spot for Spurs was Harry Winks. We should definitely talk about him a little bit more. This is Love Sport. We just want to say, guys, we have teamed up with Profit Accumulator. Now, Profit Accumulator teaches people how to make some extra money doing something called match betting. Now, just to be very clear, this isn't gambling, but if you do it correctly, you cannot lose. And if you're sceptical right now, the system itself has been covered by major websites like Money Saving Expert, The Daily Mail, The Sun, Vice, The Guardian and The Telegraph. So it is completely legitimate. So you're going to ask me, how does it work? Well, like any business, bookmakers try to attract new customers by using promotions. And the main way they do this is by using free bets and bonuses. Profit Accumulator helps its members take advantage of these bonuses to make a profit. So let's say, for example, a major high street bookmaker like William Hill is offering a £50 bonus to new customers. So you would sign up and as you might place a £50 bonus on a coin toss landing on heads and a £50 bet on the same coin toss landing on tails, whichever way it lands, it doesn't matter. You won't win any money, but you won't lose any either because you've covered all possible outcomes. However, you then get your £50 sign-up bonus, so you've actually made a £50 profit. That's the basic idea of how it works. Now, just to point out, Profit Accumulator employs a team of experts who source every available free bet offer and then write up the strategies to turn them into cash. There are hundreds of free bets to take advantage of with dozens more every day. You don't need to know about anything sport-wise or placing bets. It doesn't matter if you've never placed a bet in your life before because Profit Accumulator, they walk you through the whole process step-by-step and give you a suit of tools that make the process very easy to deal. Now, as long as you follow the instructions, you really can't lose any money. They're rated excellent on Trustpilot. There's a seven-day-a-week support network, including phone, email, and a thriving members forum, should you have any questions or queries. But I think what must be made clear is match betting won't make you rich, 
and most just use it to make some extra money every month. But there are some members who, <laughs> astoundingly, have made tens of thousands of pounds over an extended period of time. Now, here at the last one on Spurs, we've got a fantastic zero-obligation free trial where the Profit Accumulator team will teach you how to make money with match betting. Completely free of charge, the free trial will walk you through three separate free bet offers worth up to £45, and that's just for starters. Now, from there, you can either walk away with your £45 and buy yourself something nice, or you can even make more money by joining their Platinum membership, where you can get access to everything that they offer, including their forum, which explains how some of their customers are making free £100 or up to £1,000 a month. Stop missing out. Get started today with Profit Accumulator's zero obligation free trial to see what it's all about and earn yourself up to £45 in the process. Just head to www.profitaccumulator.co.uk forward slash last word on Spurs. Enjoy and get on that, guys. You are listening to the Spurs Fan Show on Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins. I'm joined in the studio with the last word on Spurs. Ricky Sachs and Jason McGovern, they always get the chance to have the last word on Spurs. Well, it's not the last word yet. There is still an hour to go. Lots to come in the next hour. We will, of course, turn our attentions to the game in the Premier League this weekend. A tough fixture versus Leicester. But they also come off the back of a defeat to Man United. Now they play Spurs. A tough game for Spurs, but if we're going on Premier League form, they're going to be feeling up for it, beating Crystal Palace 4-0. But last night, 2-2, we were just discussing all the fallout from that game. Let's talk, though, about Harry Winks because, you know, we have to talk the negative in games and, and, you know, be honest about performances and how disappointing it was. But there are always bright spots, you know. Uh, Out of the rain comes a little bit of sunshine. I think a certain bit of sunshine, uh, as Jason spills his water all over himself, which has made me laugh, that's for sure, uh, is Harry Winks. What a bright spot that was. Yeah, we need to inject some laughter in the show. Winks, he's a a great player and, you know, one that I think he just gets it. You know, uh, we made that joke about Danny Rosie gets it and Jason laughing but <laughs> he gets he it. gets it but you know Winks he does and he's a player that always gives a hundred percent effort commitment to the calls and I think he's one of those players that you know you're always going to get a, a, you know a maximum performance from him I think he played really really well last night I think you know when you see him he's a forward thinking player and that's what I love about Harry Winks he always looks I think for that pass going forward doesn't want to play it sideways wants to take Tottenham forward and you know, for me, Winks has now established himself to be one of the first names on the team sheet for Tottenham. That's the glowing reference I can give him. He's one of the first that I would put down on that team sheet for Tottenham if I had to pick a starting eleven. Well, on this show, uh, you know, Ricky and Jason always talking a little bit of Spurs, covering uh, everything Spurs, you know, all about Spurs in this, this two hours. But it's also about you, the fans. And you have tweeted in with some questions and we want to put them to towards Lee, uh, Ricky and Jason tonight. I can't even get my words out. It's because I'm I'm checking these questions so there are no pelters for you, Rick. But I think, <laughs> I, we're all, well, I think we're all right so far. The first question comes from Ryan at Ryan Goldie 8 Thank you, Ryan, for your question. The question is, why can't we kill games off? Fans always think we'll ruin 2-0 and 3-0 leads. It's because we do something that Jason alluded to earlier. It's down to the players. It's them that need to change their mentality. It's on them. Is that true? Is that fair, Jace? 
I understand the, the question. It's actually the first time we've lost a two-goal lead since the Battle of the Bridge, which was, what, 2016. So it's the first time in three years. The Battle of I the mean, Bridge. the second time now with Arsenal. Well, that's yeah. what I mean. Arsenal was actually the first time we'd done it for three years. So to say we always lose it is, um, is a little... And, and I don't, certainly don't think we've done it from three up. I think we were three up at Wolves and ended up winning 3-2. So yes, we almost yeah, yeah. did it. Maybe that's the game he's thinking of. So, But I, but I understand what he means. And, and the, the thing is, when... You know, when we've talked earlier about, um, and Chris says about people like Rose Vertonghen, Ericsson's and that, they're the key members of the side. If you look at it, the mistakes that we're making are from the key members of the side. Senior players. Yeah, the senior players that have been there the six years. The players that that fans in general, whether I like Rose or not, whether Chris likes Vertonghen or not, it doesn't matter. You look at that core group of, of Toby, Jan, Rose... Sonny's, the the Canes, the Deli Alleys, the Christian Eriksons, that group that's been there. I mean, I said the the team that played in that 2-2 at Chelsea, I think nine of the starters are still at, at Tottenham and are still actually key starters at Tottenham. So that, that shows you. And it's the fact that those mistakes are being made by those players time and time again is, is a worry. And that's why I've said I, I wouldn't mind if any of them left. Well, the next question is from at Stunning Spurs. You was worried, uh, Ricky, that you thought unacceptable uh, was maybe a little harsh. Well, uh, this question is, one word to describe that performance, arrogance. This is a trait the squad has developed despite not winning anything. I'm very concerned that we're going into games thinking we've already won them. Notable arrogant performances, Burnley away, Southampton away, Olympiacos away, Newcastle at home. Jace, what do you make of that? 100%. Hundred percent. Arrogance was a word that I think I used after about fifteen. Arrogance and complacency last night, as if oh, this is this is a piece of. Where's cake. this we'll, come from, though? This I don't arrogance, because I wouldn't never associate that with Spurs. Where's this? I don't this? know, and and it's things like that, that. That's what I say. It's it's worrying signs at the moment that things like that are, are happening, and they're happening more and more and more, and that's that's a real concern. And I said, <laughs> I said to you, didn't I? I get the feeling that we are heading, and I don't mean this in a really. <laughs> It will be in a bad way, but I get the feeling we're on the verge of getting a real caning from somebody. Where we'll, we'll, turn, yeah. we'll turn up, <laughs> we'll turn up at a Southampton or a Norwich or a or a Brighton, and we'll get absolutely torn apart. We'll lose a game like that three nil, and perhaps that's what it needs to happen to to finally get that message home that Do you know what you've got to get yourself sorted. And the attitudes of some of those players at the moment is appalling. It's hard to disagree. It's hard to disagree with that. I mean. I want to sit here and say I'm confident ahead of Leicester, but I'd be lying to you, Chaz. I would be. I mean, we did a preview of the Olympiaco show on the Monday night, and I know a lot of us were very confident going into the game because, as you are, if you go on the back of a win, you do naturally you feel a bit more uplifted. But you know, I think now we need players. You know, Winksy, as we said, he's a special player, and I think you have to rely on those players to dig you out of tough times. You want your leaders to stand up. That's a big thing now. It's relying on the players that have been at the Clark Jaces for many, many years to really kind of lead us through what's a bit of a a bit of a tricky spell. I think it's fair to say. You know, Harry Kane, Deli Ali, Christian Eriksen, Hummin Son. You know, there's so much quality in this squad, and all we're asking to do is let's see it. Let's mm. see it. Well, firstly, I'm glad that you never lie to me, Ricky, because we are friends, so don't you ever do that. The next question is from at Tottenham Boxing, and it's two questions. It's a two-part question. One, are these players even good enough? Two, 
is the manager good enough? I'll explain. For me, the manager set the tone of the importance of the game after Saturday. That performance, leaving Rose behind, sent the wrong message in terms of how important this game was. Well, you know, Maurizio always said he's going to rotate, and I think you've got to be honest and be fair to him that he's managing three games in a week. You know, and Spurs have to go and try and win all their games. You know, this is the thing with supporting Tottenham nowadays. When Spurs don't win, it's always a disappointment because what Tottenham, at Tottenham you're expected to try and win every single game. And like I said, we come away from a 2-2 draw against Olympiacos where, okay, if that was four or five years ago, you would say, listen, it's 2-2, maybe it's a point. I still think going 2-0 up, you have to see the game out, but it wouldn't be the worst case scenario. But we're a club that have got to the Champions League final and we've gone to a team that we really should be beating and you're leading the game and you're not seeing it out. I think as Spurs fans, maybe Maurizio has set the barrier higher for us than what it was originally because just how far he's taken the football club and you know I'm sitting here finding it very hard to put all the blame at Maurizio's door because I think a lot of it also is to do with the players and their attitudes I don't think you can land it all at the manager's door Jason am I being fair in saying that no my my anger is far more at the players than than it is at him like I said it's it's time for elite players, if you want them to be an elite player, to really stand up and show that they are. And I think, as, as perhaps as fans, we're, we're still thinking of the start of the Pochettino, and, and it's time to accept we are in the fourth year in the Champions League. We've got to get that feeling of, do you know what, we're a proper club now. We can't be saying, well, it's, 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 it's great how far we've come. We've got to start realising where we are and start playing like a side that's where we are, not what we where we've come from. And it's a big task. And I think those players have got to take the brunt of the criticism. I see a lot of tweets now talking about self-entitlement and remembering where we've come from. And I think if you're like that, then you're just accepting where you're, where you're at and you don't really want to progress. You should always want to do more. You should always want to be more. You know, Tungy and the Melee came to Tottenham not because he wants to be just a player that's also playing Champions League football. He's come to Tottenham because I want to believe and I hope that he wants Tottenham to try and challenge for a Premier League. That's what I want him to be come to Tottenham for, not just to be accepting playing Champions League football season in, season out and not being anywhere near the top two. I think when you're coming to join Tottenham now, I'm hoping that you're coming to join because you want to take Tottenham to that next level to try and get us to challenge the likes of Man City and Liverpool. And the truth is that at the moment, the squad isn't capable enough of doing that. And, you know, Jamie has said it before and I'll say it before. At the moment, we're not in a position where we can do anything to the squad. We have to work with what we've got. I think there's a very talented squad there at the moment. There is. There's players there that can win games on their own single-handedly. Harry Kane is the leader of this football club. And I suppose it's going to come on maybe to our next topic. We're going to discuss Hugo Lloris' captaincy just overall because we've had some comments from Hugo in the last week or so, which I think the last caller we had on, it said it, it did ring alarm bells. You know, he's come out and said that Spurs aren't built to win the Champions League despite the run to the final. He says it's hard to compare Tottenham to some more of the well-established clubs in the Champions League. I would just ask the question, you know, as the captain of our football club, should he be speaking like that, Jay, so publicly? Uh, no, probably not. I, I get the feeling, you know, like I say, I, I think the attitude of some is, is more where we were four years ago and they're trying to take get rid of the expectancy, take some of the pressure off the players. But I think it's time where the expectancy should be a lot more than than what we're seeing at the moment. We shouldn't just be satisfied to be in the top four of things. We should be... I don't don't get me wrong. I don't expect us to win the league this year, but we want to be pushing towards that, and we want to be sailing through the group stage, and we want to be getting to the latter stages of cup competitions and winning some. So there is more expectancy there, and I think the players are. Some of the comments are to to take it down a peg or two, as if we're still a 
just happy to be in the top four and and it's wrong and and that's part of the attitude that's wrong at the moment Mm. I think until that changes that attitude then I don't see us really progressing because at the start of the season Chris said it you know we saw the likes of Harry Kane come out. I think Harry Winks saying that, you know, we're delighted by having that first three points against Aston Villa. And the most important thing is to try and stay as close as we can to the top two. And, you know, we've lost points already. Listen, it's not, but it wasn't a bad weekend for Tottenham in terms of the Premier League because of the way results went in our favour. You know, we're only a couple of points behind Man City. I know it's very, very early days, but it's important for Tottenham to try and maintain the start. And this Leicester game now... It's absolutely huge. It really is huge. And this is now down to Maurizio to get the starting lineup right because you're playing against a Leicester team that with Jamie Vardy, Jose Perez, Tillmans, they've got some really quality players. James Madison, players that can really hurt you. And I'm telling you, if Tottenham are not at the top of their game and don't start fast and are not concentrating for minute one, this is a game where, you know, Jace talks about, you know, maybe a drubbing coming. We have to be fully on the ball here. Well, we have been joined by a caller. Mark is on the line. Mark is saying that patience is needed. Very passionate to hear from you tonight, Mark. How much patience is needed? Listen, William, we're talking about, like, players leaving and managers getting sacked and stuff like that. But let's be quiet. Let's remember stuff, yeah? Alex Ferguson didn't win the Champions League after four or five attempts. Do you know what I mean? It took him well down the line to get a team capable of holding his own and winning it. And look, even how they won it. We was all thinking they'd lost that game when they did win it. Do you know what I mean? Look at all the great sides. Look at PSG. Look how PSG are struggling to turn around and win the Champions League. And that's all they paid for. Do you know what I'm saying? So all I'm saying is, the more we keep knocking the boys them on social media, on things like that, the more they're going to be thinking about, yeah, let's leave. Yeah, yeah, let's just leave because they're not even believing in us no more. So we need to turn around and just sometimes put these results behind us, remember how far we're coming from, and say to ourselves, you know what? They normally turn over all our top English teams up here in Olympiacos, but we didn't get turned over. We managed to hang in there, get our draw. We got slapped about by Man City and still come out of it with a draw. So come on, but if I'm honest, we can't play any worse. So guess what? Things have got to get better, innit? So when they get better, we need to keep cheering them on so they want to get better. They want to start doing it for us. But the more we cussing them down, the more they're going to think, yeah, you know what? Leave you and give me my money. I might as well just cut, man. Do you know what I mean? So we need to start bigging up the boys more. And remember, all them great teams that we've been watching smashing up the place, Wenger, um, Alex Ferguson, all of them man there, even Man City. I'm not doing it and look how much money they've spent. Do you know what I mean? So we need to just be a bit calmer, realise that we're treading above water anyway and be grateful that these boys will somehow feel like, you know what, no man, I'm just in a rut. I need to snap out. And they will. But they'll snap out quicker if we're encouraging them and bigging them up, not putting them down, not wishing they were gone or talking about it don't matter if they're here or not. It does matter. They're top class players. They're wanted all over the world. They're just signed onto contracts that people can't take at the moment. Mark, just to interrupt with you there, I don't think any of us have sat here, certainly for me and Jason so far, I've called for the manager's head. I think with Fernie behind Maurizio Pochettino, I still think we, he's the right man for the job. But I think also what we try and do is try and have a, a, an opinion on the game. And it's very hard to always be positive when you know you see such negative traits that are occurring time after time after time. And I haven't sat here and said that I want any player to be sold. All I'm sitting here doing is you know giving an opinion on the players and how they played. And I just think at the moment, we are seeing the same errors being made by the same players 
and it's the same group. And whilst I'm always encouraging the squad, you know, if you listen to our show on a weekly basis, we always try, I believe, to try and give a fair reflection on games. We always try and praise the players when they play well, but also when they don't play as well, we also want to be fair as well. I think we always try and try and give a fair balance. And, you know, I still think the man is the right player. I still think Maurizio is the right man for the job. I'm not questioning Maurizio here, but what I am questioning is whether some of those players are still backing him. That that is my biggest concern. Oh God, but then let's be quite honest, right? I, I can't even say that you are wrong with none of the points you're making. That's not what I'm getting at, and especially what you just said. But if we backtrack ourselves, yeah, to Mr. Pernicino's early years at us, when we got to them semi-finals and he kept rotating, and we was all like, what? And we was losing them games, yeah. So we know that he's going to keep doing these things on the belief that he thinks the whole squad is good enough. And, bro, I remember, I'm telling you, I sat there bleeding my heart out. Do you know what I mean? When we're losing to these teams that we're meant to beating up and cruise through to the finals, and we're not. Do you know what I mean? Even, bro, it's annoying. Do you know what I mean? Really annoying. We lost 1-0 to Ajax last year. When, let's be honest, we expected to roll them over nice at our ground. And because we didn't, we turned around and were so pleased to get away with the win at their place and get to the final. And then guess what? We had our hearts broken in them early minutes. The boys couldn't recover because it's their first adventure into that. And guess what? We end up running out 2-0 to look like we didn't even start the game. So it ain't that I'm disagreeing with you as such. It's just that we don't need to be so on at them about it. Do you know what I mean? We're all sad about the, the draw. We're all sad about the draw at Arsenal. Do you know what I mean? I can coach you back to when we lost to Man City, when we were 3-0 up and they come back and beat us. Do you know what I mean? So, well, here I'm saying, I big up you boys for boosting up Tottenham all the time, but... We need to start using these things to like say, listen, yes, it was rubbish. We shouldn't be having that. But come, Ericsson, big up yourself, bro. Levy, give him a contract. That will cheer him up. Yeah? Give them boys that are sad, like you said, our main stalwarts, give them something to say, yeah, you know what, Tottenham are looking after me. I'm going to stay. I'm going to put my heart back out on the line. But until he wants to give them that final payday of these last contracts of their career, maybe that is why they're, you know, half thinking about the, you know, their life and half thinking about playing for us. So that's why we've got to try and make them realise that we want them to stay and then it'll push Levy's hands out to give them a bigger contract or better to secure them for their final contract. Mark, what do you not think? Mark thank you uh, for calling us. We're literally we're, we're running out of time. We really appreciate uh, Cheers, Mark. your call. One thing we can say, your passion uh, certainly comes across and maybe you're right in the way that we're talking about Tottenham, but we appreciate you listening and calling in. Maybe we'll hear from you again soon. Jason would just quickly like to say... Yeah, just just the just the word patience there. I mean... My, my anger is at this group of players and I look at it and I think Ben Davis, Danny Rose, Eric Dyer, Christian Eriksen, Jan Vertonghen, Harry Kane, Eric Lamella were all there seven years ago when Pochettino walked through the door or six years ago when it was. Toby Alderweide, Hume-Min Song came in his first, Hugo you know, in, in the second seat. Hugo Lloris was there. So, you know, that core group has been there and you think, how much patience do you have to have to accept the group, that same group still making some of the same mistakes? And, you know, it's six, seven years for some of those players. Yeah, I mean... Well, we're going to talk all about it, honestly. Uh, the fallout from the Olympiacos continues. Like Mark, you can call us 0208 or tweet us at Lovesport Radio. Love Sport. You are listening to the Spurs Fan Show on Lovesport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins. I'm joined in the studio with the last word on Spurs. Ricky Sachs, Jason McGovern. We've had some passionate callers tonight, one of them being Mark. A real pleasure to speak to Mark. Mark, thank you for joining in. You can join in as well. Call us 0208 
motivate. But we're trying to forget the negative. We're trying to forget the result last night. Let's talk about the positive. One person who could get their chance in the next coming games, especially against Colchester, Troy Parrott. And I know Spurs fans, and especially John Wenham, yeah. who is on the show sometimes, very eager to see Troy Parrott. Yeah, John loves him. Troy Parrott is going to be a top player and again he was on the score sheet during the week for the under 19s we're going to talk about more on our show Friday night on Patreon but I think you know this guy again is showing all the signs of I think developing into a top player and I would be amazed if he doesn't feature or maybe not if start that game against Colchester I think this guy is going to be the player where many are arguing oh why didn't bring Lorente back after his goal against Liverpool during the week so easy but to say it's very easy to say that but I think you know the minutes that Lorente would have they're going to go to Troy Parrott and this is a guy that's young, similar to Kane. He's come through the academy. He knows what it's like to play for Tottenham. And he's scoring goals on a regular basis as well. I mean, I know it's not Premier League opposition, but he's gone to the Republic of Ireland and scored in his debut there. Um, he just doesn't seem to be a guy that's um, got any fear in him. And I think that's what Tottenham need right now. They need players that play without fear. And he's a player that I'm really excited to see the future for, Jason. I mean, I'm sure you are too, right? Yeah, maybe he'll just bring that, that bit of freshness. Because I think one of the things... The three, the three players we signed in the summer, we just haven't had that bounce from them, have we? No. And Dombele's been out. Sessignon hasn't kicked a ball. And Celso's played, what, 20 minutes in three games and now he won't be seen till October. So you've, you've kind of lost that freshness and feel to the side that the, the signing should give you. And, and maybe it is that stage where where Parrot does what, what Kane Mason did. Do you know what? I was having to think about that. That you know Ryan that, Mason the moment goal against Forest. Forest. And, I'm thinking that such. moment. You know where Mason scored that goal against Forest and suddenly it was like the Pochettino era started transforming the Kane moment against Aston Villa yeah. under Poch. It almost like it needs that new invigoration of fresh blood just to kind of, I don't know, turn a corner. Yeah, and I, I think at the time that that revolution started, there was mm. also things happening off the that's pitch right. with Capua, Cabal, Lennon, Soldado yeah. not buying in. And, that's right. And, and that's what I get. We get the feeling that we need a, a good sort out. It's not that he's lost the dressing room, no, but I think no. we need a sort out of some of those players to say, look, you're not doing it. Maybe Kane has to say it and, and maybe just that bit of fresh blood will help that that develop. Well, it could be the perfect chance because the manager has said this is, you know, a painful rebuild. You know, maybe that's what also what Spurs needs to accept. It is painful. It is, it, yeah. Yeah, well, it is painful, but it is a rebuild. No one wants to go through a rebuild. No one wants to see it. No one wants to patiently wait through that. But if you can still get results and, you know, achieve things in the league and Europe whilst going through a re- rebuild, that will have to be the way. But he's the man to steer it there. And unfortunately for Parrot, he's in a position where Spurs do have that wealth of options. Maybe if it was in a different position at the back or maybe in the midfield you said that's not sewn up yet he might have got his chance a lot sooner Rick yeah possibly I think though Maurizio has been very careful in terms of making sure that he is ready again he downplayed the opportunities of him featuring him you know in the early games of the Premier League he just wants us to be patient with Troy and I get that he's a young player and sometimes when you don't start the season as well as what you anticipated I think you then start as fans clutching at certain things and it's at the moment we're clutching at Parrot thinking okay this is going to be the guy that's going to change everything like I just said there about the Ryan Mason moment I'm not saying we should pin all of our hopes on him but he's a very young player with a lot of talent and at the moment with the way the squad is I don't think it would be the worst thing in the world to bring a player in that there's a lot of hype around who will be backed from the minute he enters the pitch I mean the adulation he'll feel when he comes on and maybe features or starts that game against Colchester the fans will be right behind him well, that Colchester game is next Wednesday, next, or is it Tuesday? Tuesday, Wednesday, it's, next week. Yeah, well, yep. it's next week. We yep. will obviously speak on of Thursday, course. so that game would have taken place. Let's yep. quickly go in front. Let's skip Leicester for a minute. How important is next week? Because I know we spoke about it a little <laughs> bit earlier, and you know, you said this was a massive game, a massive test. I sort of disagreed. Not a 
test is innocent, like it's Colchester. Mm. But for what's going on, we have to progress. We have to go through. And if we don't, it could get uglier. Is it really that vital next week? Obviously, again, you want the performance. You want the yeah. youngsters. But is the result, how important is that with what's going on at the minute? Can I be honest? I couldn't care less about how we go through. I just want us to get through these ties. I think the domestic cups, as I've said as well, as Chris, you know, they're so important to me personally. You know, I want this Spurs team to win a trophy. I hope this is going to be Maurizio's season because I think, you know, as I keep on saying on so many numerous shows, once we win one, I think we can go on and win more. And the squad just needs to know what it's like to win a trophy. I know we've won pre-season trophies. They're not the same. They're not the same as winning the domestic cup. When you get over the line and the squad know that and it's the League Cup and I will get banner because it's just the Carabao Cup. It doesn't matter to me. I think the squad will then know they've achieved something and that can really spur them on. And it might be what the squad needs. You know, a lot of people say when you win a Carabao Cup in, was it February, March, it can lead to downing tools. But I think with this group, once they, if they were to win it, it would just make them hungrier for more. I, I do honestly generally believe that. I mean, Jason, no, no, you don't believe they down tools if, after winning the Carabao Cup because no player sets out. If you no, go, yeah, let's yeah. look at our objectives yeah, yeah. Premier League, Champions <laughs> League, way down there, they're going to win the Carabao No, I think, no, I think, so, I it, think it would kick on with just well, one trophy what, in March, in, yeah, in May, let's hope. carry on in the no, Champions exactly. League. That is what I would hope. I would hope the fact that winning that trophy would pardon upon spur Tottenham on to want to go on and achieve more because I think this is what we want as fans if I'm being honest with you I think the majority of Tottenham fans accept out there that we're not really at the moment in a position to challenge Liverpool and Man City I think that's just the reality of where we are at the moment so for us we want to make sure we're standing in the Champions League and we want to win a cup don't we Chase? Yeah absolutely we want to win it but but we got we want that and the top four don't we let's, let's be honest and Chris, Chris and we Cowling should, well, we should, and we should want that the, Jason. friend of the show normally with us Chris Cowling he's getting ready for coaches and that's the, that's the most vital game of the season for Chris but, but um, <laughs> massive and we've been ripping into him in our group for that but no I, I know what he means it's it's time to to do something and that that uh, coaches game wasn't it a shame that Parrot didn't get 30 minutes against Crystal Palace at 4-0 yeah, up. Yeah, I don't know why he couldn't have done it. it. It's yeah. getting him on that bench and, and, and gradually bringing him in. And if he'd have scored one, OK, it's not a massive goal because you think, right, he's got the fifth in a 5-0, but it would have just given him a lift. And I think it would have given the crowd a lift rather than just letting that drift by. And Obviously, the manager didn't know it was going to go that way where he, he had, he had the luxury no. of bringing him on for yeah. 30 minutes. No. Let's talk then because across all fan shows on Love Sport, especially the Premier League ones and, you know, Everyone mentions, and you have to because we have to be honest. Everyone goes, you know, we're not at Liverpool, Man City's level. You know, they're a level above. We're trying to get there. They're running away with it. But is there an element that all fans and all clubs? I'm not just putting it on you two or Spurs. That slightly Liverpool, Man City. Everyone's putting them on this pedestal because you know Liverpool. We've seen it last night. They are slightly vulnerable. And Jace, you mentioned the, the Spurs fans, and you know you do it to yourselves when we are two not. 2-0 up people think oh we can still get at Spurs here you know or that would never happen with Liverpool do we cr- help create that aura for them I know how good they are I don't want to do them a disservice and take that away from them but do we also help that that sort of momentum around them thrive a little bit because we keep going oh Liverpool Man City we're feeding into that a little bit well it works both we're feeding into that and also the, the Spursy word that's been continuously used gets thrown at us and like I say actually it was the first time we'd lost a two goal lead for three years but instantly what was it BT Sports say it was a Spursy result and you think mm. it wasn't a Spursy result actually because we haven't done it for three years <laughs> but and we kind of as fans we, we do that and you know we had the tweets that we last year what was the game we were at? Dortmund wasn't it you're not really a Spurs fan if you don't think we can lose 4-0 and you think, but we're 3-0 up in the first leg. So those types of things yeah. happen. And yeah, fans do feed that. But the media, the whole media thing, doesn't it, feeds that. 
It does. I just think that Liverpool and City are look phenomenal sides. We know where they are. I'm not going to sit here and, and say they're mm, not, and yep. not just because it's the Spurs fan show. But Liverpool did lose last night. City lost on the weekend. I don't think they're as invincible as everyone is making out. Well, the, the strange thing is, Liverpool got what 97 points last year, but they actually lost all three away games in the group last year. They still end up winning the yeah. competition. Well, they Spurs were in the final slow last that. year and yeah, they got to John, the final. You know? Just on that, I've got an incredible stat on the Champions League that I want to share with you guys. So, Liverpool, Tottenham and Barcelona, three Champions League semi-finalists from last season, have only won eight of their last combined 29 away games in the competition. Home form rules all in Europe. So, I think that just tells you that if Tottenham win their home games, we'll be all right. We'll be fine. It's, do you know what? It's not the case that we're sitting here saying we're not going to get out of the group. It's not about that. It's just the nature of the result and how, you know, as you said, the game went. That's all it is. Listen, you'll beat Colchester next week. Chris will be on the show. Everything will be absolutely <laughs> buzzing. You'll win your next home game in the Champions League and everything will be fine. There'll be no We're going to beat Leicester. No That's the big one now. We've got a preview. And let's be, fair, let's be fair. One of the, you would say, one of the most mentally resilient, toughest sides in Europe are Juve. Mm. What did they do last night? Yeah, lost. Mm. lost a 2-0 lead. That's so it, it can yeah. happen. Let's not forget this is Europe's elite competition. There are no easy games. You're going to get beat from time to time, whoever you, you play, whether they are intimidating yeah. places to go. But next, it is the Premier League, Spurs versus Leicester. We are going to turn our attention to that and preview everything from the game. We've all got one, and we're not afraid to put it on display. Our opinions, that is. Share yours now at Love Sport Radio on Twitter or call us 0208 70 20 558. Love Sport Radio, your fan station. You are listening to the Spurs Fan Show on Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins. I'm joined in the studio with the last word on Spurs, Ricky Sachs, Jason McGovern. McGovern, a fiery show tonight, talking all of the fallout from Olympiacos. Now, though, that is in the rearview mirror. It's behind us. Let's turn our attentions to the game on the weekend. It is Leicester. It is a tricky tie. They're coming off the back of a defeat, though, so maybe their confidence isn't sky high. Ricky, what are your thoughts ahead of this one? Well, Leicester, I think, are one of those teams that are really going to change the top six. And this game isn't going to be easy. It does give me the frightness because of players like Jamie Vardy, Jose Perez, Tillmans, Madison. They've got some really good quality in this side. And, you know, it's going back to what I said in the previous week against Palace. Spurs need to start this game fast. And defensively, my God, we need to be on the ball. We, we have to be. And, you know, I'll be interested to see what Maurizio's lineup is. Do I expect to pick Van, yeah, Matsongan and Toby Adavira at centre-back? I do. And it will be interesting to see. I think he'll go with Danny Rose and Serge Uria, potentially. Potentially. I mean, I don't know if there's a question mark at left-back, Jace, where he sticks with Ben Davis. What do you think? No, I, I think he'll go right. I think that's why the two are left-back. Mm. Left-back. Yeah, yeah. I think that's I why they were left-back in London yesterday, because there'll be the two full-backs that start at, um, at Leicester. But, you know, my thoughts are one of those, particularly. Yeah. I just this game itself does worry me. I know you, Jace, you said that you're worried at some point we're going to get a receiver drubbing. Do you think we can turn the corner? Here? I don't know what type. Of, my, my, when you say you know Leicester are a good side and just, there's lots of players there that worry it. There's nobody at Leicester that worries me. I no? respect them. They've got good yeah. players. Don't get me wrong. They've got good players. What worries me is what Tottenham turns up. Mm. I just at the moment don't know what Tottenham is going to turn up. And that's, you know, for most of the Pochettino era, even if we've had a bad result, you know, you could look back at that Chelsea, the 2-2 game, but you knew that Tottenham would be aggressive and right in there. I have no idea. And I said to us last night, didn't I, if I pick my 11 
for for Saturday. Who really deserves to play because they're playing well? Winksy. I've got Hugo, Winks, and and probably Toby in there. And then I'm struggling to say who I could who I can sit here now and say he's going to play at Leicester. He's going to give us hundred percent, and he's going to give us real quality. I can't do that at the moment, and that's unusual for a Pochettino side. That's my worry at Leicester. Surely more though. You've got Harry Kane, obviously. You know. <laughs> I know Harry's attitude will be there, but he's not in great form at the moment. Yes, he's penalty last night, penalty at the Emirates and things, but he's 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 playing his all round play. He's not quite at Harry's. Harry will play. Don't get me wrong, mm. and I want him to play, but we're not seeing the best Harry at the moment. He still deserves his place in the side, but we're not seeing. You, you, you know what I mean? I, I think it's a fair there. point, but he is also one of those players that, in an instant from you nowhere, he can score two goals. He can, score goals. Yes. He can no, go missing in but games. This is the and same with Ericsson, isn't it? Magic. It's the same yeah. with Ericsson that Ericsson can turn up at the weekend and have an absolute blinder. Mm. I want him to. This is the thing I want to stress across. I would. I want Ericsson whilst he's here to play. He's a top quality player, but my concern is that if we're going to get that kind of performance from Ericsson that we're going to have against Olympiacos. Is it worth having him in the team? Well, let me ask them, because can Spurs afford a luxury player in the sense that if they do go missing 70, 80 minutes, but they produce a, a magical assist, a magical goal, mm. can you have a player like that in your team? Can you carry him? Is Are they worth it if you know maybe 70 minutes of the game, they might go on the missing, their effort might be lacking, but they're going to provide one beautiful moment of magic? A really good Tottenham side can, yeah. The, the Tottenham side, the, the last year at White Hart Lane, for instance, side, Absolutely, you can afford one like that. What you can't afford is one like that when there's seven or eight players that aren't playing anywhere near their best level. That's that's the problem with it. I think players, for example, like Deli Ali. Deli's one of those players that doesn't control a game, but he has moments where he can change it for you and light up a game. And Ali's one of those players for me that I know that I would keep him on that pitch until the very last minute because he's got the ability to change a game. And even with the form he's in right now, I would still keep playing Deli. I would. I know some. Even if he's not a full fitness, though, I would be surprised if he wouldn't be in the team for Leicester, wouldn't you, Jace? I'd be surprised if he was. Oh, would you? Yeah, it's it's not not. I, I just think the way that the, I don't think he did enough last night to have got a, a start. But I think, I think he think needs to run a game to in. get back into yeah, the form. No, well, he? as I said, I think players have got to play to get that rhythm. But I think Eric Lamella will come back in. Uh, I think Sonny will start last night. And so, you know, who are they going to start in place of? Zamora and Ali on the bench. I don't know which way it will be. But mm. as I said, Lamella's definitely going to start, I yeah. think, Saturday. And I think Sonny definitely starts Saturday. So those two have got to come in for who? It's a tricky one. It's a tricky well, one. What, what, you know, Jason said they've got good players, but none of them, you know, he's not fearful of any of their players. Oh, Ricky, <laughs> you said there's a couple. Yeah. Although that may be the way that Spurs are playing rather than what Leicester bring is uh, giving you uh, fears at the minute. But what do Leicester pose in terms of attack? Because they can hit you if, if they do get at Spurs on the weekend. Will it be the, the, the defence that worries you for Spurs? Well, Leicester have got genuine pace in Jamie Vardy, who likes to get behind defences and... Uh, you know, as we've seen this season, Tottenham defensively haven't been strong enough. If I was sitting here saying that Spurs have had four or five clean sheets in a row and they've looked, you know, quite strong, they wouldn't be as concerned about Jamie Vardy. But he has got a lot of pace. Um, Leicester is typically a difficult place to go. You know, Brendan Rodgers has got, I think, some. Don't say that difficult place to go. I hate. I that know phrase. you don't, but it's not okay. But it's, let's be honest about it. Would you? Would that be your next game? You'd be picking really to go to. Leicester. I think that Jason, what Jason means is, it's not an intimidating place to go. No, you not go intimidating, but, but I do think you, the, there's there's easier away uh, games on playing the back at of Leicester. That result, They're a very yeah. good home side. On the back of that result to Olympiacos, you wouldn't really want to be going away to Leicester. 
No, I, I, I accept that. But it's, like it's no gimme three points, is it? No, no it isn't. I, I respect Leicester a lot because, um, you know, Vardy, I think one-on-one, Vardy's a fantastic, he's probably the best one-on-one striker a in the Premier finisher. League. Absolutely fantastic. And I say, Vardy... Vardy scores the same goal 25 times a season, it seems to me. Madison is a really good player. If he gets in between the lines, he'll give us problems. Uh, Pereira at fullback's been excellent for them. Tielemans looks excellent for them. And, and the way Leicester play is exactly the way that Tottenham can get really hurt at the moment on the counter-attack, well, that's what I'm saying, wide open spaces. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. It don't, that's why I say I respect them. But I fear, where I don't fear them is a really good, strong Tottenham side two years ago went there and won 6-1. Yeah. You know, that's that's the difference. And we won there last year, and I think we won there the year before that. And even in Leicester's season, we drew, what was it, that was a 2-2 game or a 1-1 game with yeah, Leicester. So, right. actually, we haven't had too many bad nights away at Leicester for, for a number of years. Remember that Mahrez game, was it 2-0? That was a really bad night. Mahrez and Vardy's yeah, lob it. or something. Yeah, that's on, right. On yeah. a and that was a night where Tottenham's attitude wasn't at it. That's right. And we were in a, a bad, bad little period of yeah. form at that time. And that's what I mean. If we go there with the wrong attitude and we're not the real Tottenham, then we'll have problems. If it's the right Tottenham and the attitude's right, we'll go there and get the result. And I hate to say this, it's those typical 12-30 games. You just don't know what to expect from a 12.30. It's not the most ideal timing of the game. And I'm not trying to make excuses already. I'm just saying that 12.30 games, some teams do find it hard to get up for. Supporters won't want to hear that. Yeah, what do you mean 12.30? Do you know what I mean, Chaz? Mm. Not everyone's going to want to hear that, but it is true. Well, it is a very valid point. You're, Jason is saying uh, he respects Leicester, but he doesn't fear them. Ricky saying it's a very tough place to go. Leicester, you know what you get with them. It's the first full season under Brendan Rodgers. Someone who will know a little bit more. We're going to be talking to ex-Leicester pro Matt Piper, and he may tell you that he thinks just a little bit differently on this game. This is Love Sport. You are listening to the Spurs Fan Show on Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins. I'm joined in the studio with the last word on Spurs, Ricky Sachs and Jason McGovern. We were talking all of the Olympiacos fallout, the disappointing 2-2 draw in Greece last night. Now, though, we turn our attentions to the Premier League, Leicester versus Spurs on the weekend. An early 12.30 kickoff. Ricky said it's, uh, that is a tricky time to play, a tricky stadium to go to. Jay said he doesn't fear anyone from the Leicester side, but he certainly respects him. Well, a man who will know all about the Leicester side. I'm delighted to say ex-pro Matt Piper joins us on the phone. Matt, thank you for giving us a little bit of your time. It is always a pleasure to speak to you. Just want to quickly remind you, last time we spoke was on the Leicester City Fan Show. You started off saying uh, Leicester, you know, they're in with a shout Europe this year. Then you said top four. Then you changed it to top three. Uh, so that, that was a good time. They, then they had that disappointing 1-0 loss to Man United. But where are your thoughts, A, on that game and then also on the game on the weekend facing Spurs? I knew you was going to start with that, Charlie. <laughs> you killed me, didn't you? Sorry, um, mate. No, I was I was full of confidence last week, mate. I really was. Um, Leicester were going into the game against Man United, you know, without a loss. Played really well. Um, but for me, it's the first time that I, I have to say it as well because I love the guy, but it's the first time for me the manager got it wrong. Um, he went with two um, CDMs in Hamza Chowdhury and Ndidi and I didn't think I thought he should have gone there and really forced the game with Man United you know they're sort of not in turmoil but Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's had a difficult start to the season they've not won since well they hadn't have won since that Chelsea game and for me Brendan Rodgers should have gone and pressed the game played with two wingers he has to play James Madison in the 10 position. He, he put him there in the second half and Leicester literally controlled the game and, and probably should have got more from it. So, 
yeah, it was a disappointing result, but I've seen enough in the second half of that game to suggest that Leicester will win to, um, on Saturday against Spurs. <laughs> What's um, I, I mean, I didn't see the, the game at Old Trafford. What's what have they done with the, the since the sale of Maguire? What's the the centre half position like? Do, is Maguire going to be missed as the season goes on, or have it's just been a seamless transition from from Maguire into another one? Yeah, it's it has more or less been a seamless transition to a guy called um, Kaglar Sionchu, um, Turkish international, came in. I think Leicester paid around about twenty million for him, and he, he was sort of unknown to most of us in Leicester. But he came in. He's done a brilliant job so far. He's strong. He's faster than Maguire. Um, he can play out from the back like Maguire does. But I've been saying it for weeks since he's been in. The only tendency he has is to sort of try and win the ball in, in crazy positions. He tries to win it from behind the forward. And sometimes that's got him in trouble. And like we've seen at the weekend against Man United, he's a little too over-eager at times to go and win that ball when that's how Rashford got the penalty. Matty, what kind of team are you expecting Leicester to field at the weekend? Any surprises in there? We understand that he's got no fresh injury concerns, Brendan Rodgers. What kind of Leicester team should we be expecting? I'm presuming the likes of Madison, Tillmans, Vardy, Jose Perez, they're all going to play, right? I, I don't know if Perez will play. He sort of he played the first three games and then he's, he's been out of it um, the last two games. It depends what the, what the manager's thinking. Normally against top position, um, opposition, this season, I'm thinking Man United, Chelsea, he's gone with two CDMs. Now, I don't know if he'll do that at home. I'm hoping, and a lot of the Leicester fans are hoping, that he doesn't do that. We are a better team when we set up with two wingers. Um, one side, maybe Damari Graham, Mark Albrighton. The other side, Harvey Barnes. That allows you to put Madison in the 10 position, where he's at his best. And then one CDM in either Ndidi or Chowdhury. And then Tielemans will, will play at the side of them. And he sort of the, he dictates the play for Leicester City. If he goes like that and it, it's more offensive, um, I think it would be a really, really good game at the weekend against Spurs. Well, Matt, it has been a, a sort of a tricky, tough start for Leicester. They've played Man United, they've played Chelsea, they've played Wolves, now they play Spurs. Obviously, Leicester are a different force at home. But should Spurs be fearful of a Leicester bounce back this weekend? Obviously, going down last week, Brendan Rodgers will have him up for this one, won't he? He will, mate. Um, I was pretty surprised with that, that scoreline, as you can tell. Uh, you know, as you started the, the programme when I came on. <laughs> I was pretty surprised with that scoreline. I really thought, especially in the second half, we, we were definitely the better team against Manchester United, which not a lot of Premier League teams can say, especially at Old Trafford. Um, but I think he'll have the boys bouncing again. And if he goes with them two wingers, um, Ricardo one side as a, as a full-back, Chilwell the other, we've got a strong defence, good goalkeeper. He'll probably play in Dida, uh, um CDM. And I really think we can get a positive result, um, Spurs, at the weekend. Well, you think you can get a positive result, Matt? You know I've got to do it to you again. I'm really sorry, my friend. <laughs> what is your score prediction? I'm going to go 2-1 Leicester. 2-1 Leicester. Jason wants a word with you. No, no not about the result. I was just going to say, could you have a word with some of your fellow supporters there not to bother singing the, 
you know, the champions of England, you'll never sing that because we won a double by beating Leicester in a cup final, having already won the league. So, you know, can they, can they change the words? It was a bit like Arsenal the other oh a few God. weeks ago, and yeah, you yeah. stand up if you've won the league. Well, we have won the league. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, just, just tell them to pipe down a Jace. bit. Jace, yeah, no, mate, I'll have a word with them. But Cheers, mate. You've you got to say, Tottenham have been choking the last, uh, what, five, ten years. And I think that's why we like to rub it in their faces. He's not saying anything, Matt. <laughs> and what what makes it worse, Matt, is you've said that now you've left him in the studio with me. It's going to be a very tricky last 10 minutes, but it is always a pleasure to hear from you, Matt. I really enjoy chatting with you. Matt Piper there, he says 2-1 oh, to Leicester. It is time for your score predictions. Jace is not happy. So I'll start with Ricky. Jace, you have a breather. What is your score prediction for the weekend, Ricky? You want to have a heart on my head? Both. Let's have two different predictions. Oh, God. Um... My heart is telling me we're gonna we're gonna get a draw. Um, my head's telling me at the moment we're gonna we're gonna get beat. I wanna maybe if you asked me this prediction tomorrow, I would be different. I don't want a draw, but I think it is gonna end in a draw. Yeah, you you struggled to even get that out there, didn't he? <laughs> he didn't know what he was gonna say himself. My heart and my head <laughs> says a draw. <laughs> He was choking. Yeah, he Cheers, Matt. That's Matt's fault. Yeah. Brilliant for live radio. Jace, oh, no, what right. do you think? I, I might do a bit of sitting on the fence. I think if the Spurs side, I really want to go there and 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 you get that attitude, we go there and win it two one. Mm. But if the Spurs side, I fear, will turn up, we get beat two nil. I hate to ask this question. I genuinely do. I'm going to ask it, so I am a hypocrite, but I hate it because it's ridiculously early. We are in September, but how massive is this fixture, obviously, depending on the result? Because I, I don't think, even if Spurs lose, you know, worst case scenario, I don't think it matters too much. But is it huge already, Rick? Listen, there's, on, I know it sounds silly to you on Twitter, there's crazy things about the manager being under pressure if he loses this game. I don't think he's under pressure if he loses the game. It just intensifies that... <laughs> What's going on around the club isn't great at the moment, but it's a massive game, a huge, huge game. Tottenham need to go there and get the three points. It's a team that we should be going to beat. It, but I've, again, I will say it's it's not 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 an easy place to go, but we should still win the game. But, but I think we're going to be a draw. I think it's going to be a draw. I do think it's going to be a draw at the moment. I just think it's it's time for for those players to to put on a performance and, mm. a, and a. I know we got the four 0 at Palace, but to turn up in a big game and say right, we have got the character, yep. we are still together as a side, and we are going to sort this out. And it's it's you know the the yeah the Roy Keane type of spirit, if you like. That's come on, boys. We're yeah. Tottenham. We're a top four club. They're the pretenders. Yes, they've won the league, but they're the team that's trying to be what we now are. It's time to put them in their place, and that's the attitude you've got to have. We need that Harry Kane speech. You know what Harry said during the. You know what Harry said after the game about the fact that you know we're not young anymore. You know this. You know as a team, we need to grow up. This is the fixture now. We need to see a reaction. Let's get the win. Let's get back to winning ways. Because I don't want to be negative. I don't like being negative about well, Tottenham. I, I love think, the club. Yeah, I, don't, I think you're doing yourself a disservice here. I don't think you've been negative. I just mm. think you've been honest to how you've seen yeah. it, how it's played out. But I, I wouldn't say what, you've been I, negative. I hate, Chaz, talking about, you know... I hate talking about the negative things of the game. I'm not saying that the mm. show's been negative, but I just love talking about Spurs doing well. And when they're not doing well, I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> not any fan, I don't like it. Yeah, I, want to talk about, I want to talk about winning games. 
starting at the weekend. Mm. We could have. I wanted to speak about Palace. Ricky said no. <laughs> he said, I'm not doing it. I thought we could have started the show off with a 4-0 victory. Ricky said, no, I don't want to talk about it. Let's do the 2-2 from last night. It's the performance for me that matters most. Of course it is, Saturday, yeah. Because that's the thing. You know, If we put on a really strong performance and lost to a deflected goal... I'd, in a kind of way, I could accept that far no, more than going no. there playing sluggish football, hanging on for grim death and nicking a 1-0. It's it's the level of performances that we've got to sort out. Well, let's talk about the performance then quickly because we have still got a little bit of time. So let's try to quickly throw back to some of these listener questions. This question is in from Jeff Knight. He says the manager was clearly upset at the mentality uh, and the aggression from the team on Wednesday. But what is he doing to change it? What is he doing to pump up the team? Where are the team leaders? Also... Uh, we need to give poor Sanchez a break. Stop trying to turn him into a right back. He is not one. Oh, I think we said during the show, haven't we, that you know, putting Sanchez out there just isn't fair really on the player um, and isn't fair on the team either. I think, listen, I think we've said enough about Maurizio. Like Jason said now, it's down to the players to deliver. I think some of these players haven't played anywhere near their capabilities. And as Jason has always said, and he says it here again on ahead of the show, you know, or ahead of the game, if Tottenham play to their maximum, they will beat Leicester. Hands down. There you go. Yeah, I think so. Well, nothing to fear. No. <laughs> you know, they, we're going to give them all the respect, but there is nothing to fear. It is this Saturday. Spurs v Leicester, a tricky away tie, a tricky place to go. Not the most easiest of fixtures to bounce back when you have just gone to Greece. Champions League match day one. It was 2-2 last night against Olympiakos in Greece. This has been the last word on Spurs on Love Sport Radio with Ricky Sachs and Jason McGovern. We're hoping for a better result on the weekend. We will see you next Thursday. Thanks for downloading this podcast from Love Sport Radio. For more, go to lovesportradio.com for all the latest podcasts, news and views. Or for more, follow us at Love Sport Radio on Twitter. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.